This is the Italian Citizenship Podcast, hosted by Marco Permunian and Rafael Di Furia. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Italian Citizenship Podcast. I am here with Italian attorney Marco Permunian from ItalianCitizenshipAssistance.com and I am Rafael Di Furia and we are back again for the first episode that we are recording in person together since before the whole quarantine started. We've seen each other once since, since January in person. But it's absolutely so surreal to be here again. It looks almost weird. (laughs) Well, normally also, for those of you who aren't here in person, just to explain to you the setup, normally we film on the other side of the room. And on the other side of the room is the the setup that you generally see when we're filming with a, um, there's a desk and yeah, just, but this is the other side of the room. And we thought, you know what, let's try something a little different now that we're coming back. (laughs) But anyway, how you been, Marco? Good, good. Thank you. Good to be back. Glad. To, yeah, no, it, it, I'm really so glad to be back here in person that we're now allowed to be able to do it because it just hasn't even been an option thus far. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so today, what are we going to talk about? We wanted to talk a little bit about the um, actually going to your appointment at the Italian consulate and actually making your application in person. What is that like? What are the steps involved? What is it that you should prepare yourself for? Because it is a very important meeting that not really anybody has any clue about before they ever even step foot into an an Italian um, consulate. So let's start out with maybe what would be when you're walking your clients through what they should be doing or to prepare them. What is the first thing that you talk about? Um, I, I have to say, People are a little bit disappointed when they go to the to their appointment because they're expecting like this big ceremony, like in a big room where you talk maybe to the consul uh, about your citizenship application. But actually, what you do is you attend a meeting. In most cases, not even in an office, but like. Mm-hmm. At a glass window, yeah, yeah, where there's like a clerk on the other side. That's and, how it was for me. Yeah, and there are like multiple windows, and you go to one of those windows, you just hand over all the documents like through the window, yeah, and that's how you submit the citizenship application. So people are um, like people who attend the appointment can be disappointed. Yeah, it's like it's like going to a bank almost in a larger city where they have the glass and you slide the papers under. You don't actually have, even at the end, like you want to shake somebody's hand because it's like you're doing something so important and it's like, is, are you even human on the other side there? But I, I guess it's like, because for people it's so important to apply for citizenship because it's such an accomplishment because it takes years in some cases to prepare. They expect this like, huge meeting or, or a big ceremony, but because clerks, on the other hand, they, they meet with like hundreds of people every month. So that's that becomes understandable why it, it's not, especially for the clerk, right. such a big deal for, for them to meet with you. Well, also uh, what I found got my hopes up, not, not, not necessarily my hopes up, but what gave me a preconceived idea was that I assumed there would be a ceremony. So the first thing I did, which I know a lot of other people do, is they look online on YouTube, especially for Italian uh, citizenship ceremony, because it, there is such a thing that exists. 
but normally it would be for someone who goes through a very different kind of process who gets naturalized um on occasion like i i've almost never seen anybody who got yure sanguinis who was at a meeting with the with the proper sash and bow and the whole everything it's it's almost never happens well actually we uh, there's a legal reason behind that and and we kind of talked about it uh, because you are not applying for naturalization because you're not becoming an Italian citizen there is no ceremony there is no like um there's no official mandated what to do in that situation. Exactly. You are applying for recognition of your citizenship that you always had since your birth in the case of citizenship by descent. So that's why it is a different process than the people who become naturalized in Italy. So people who apply for citizenship by residency uh, or people who apply for citizenship through marriage, for those people, there is a ceremony and you have to take an oath. In the case of citizenship by descent, there is not even an oath that you have to take. You don't swear uh, like allegiance to the country, right. and that's because it, it 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 also it is also like uh, the process is so simple, uh, so unofficially done. The reason is that you are applying for recognition of your birth status so you it's not a big deal because you have always been an italian citizen right. you're just showing the consulate some papers to confirm that you indeed have always been an italian citizen yeah no even when you are at the the finishing the finish line and you get your citizenship you don't really actually even get anything i mean i'm sure you'll talk about this in a second but basically the only thing that you get at the end it doesn't even confirm you're a citizen. It's a citizen. It's just the receipt that you paid for the process. It doesn't even say that you paid for a citizenship process or a birth recognition. It's just a receipt. There is not even like a certificate. Like right. they don't even give you a nice certificate that you can hang on the wall for the same reason because right. you're not applying for Italian citizenship, but rather applying for recognition, which is a completely different thing. No, and even I remember uh, when I got my citizenship, I asked about if there was some kind of certificate or something that could prove, and she's like, no, not really. I mean, there's like there's a paper that I could give you, but the thing is you would never be able to use it for anything because even though it says you're a citizen, you still can't use that document to prove that you're a citizen to anybody. So it's like... I can print one off for you, but you'll never need it and you'll never be able to use it. <laughs> um, but anyway, to continue on, um, what would be the next part that you would start preparing with your clients? So a lot of my clients, they ask me, uh, will I be required to speak Italian? First of all, is it a legal requirement to speak Italian to be able to apply for citizenship by descent and second of all will i have to speak italian during the interview so will i be able to conduct the interview in english and a lot of people are concerned about this they're very scared and um speaking italian it is not required when you are applying for citizenship by descent so you are a sanguinist but also because it's not a legal requirement for the application process and because the Italian consulate is in your country, the Italian consulate is required to speak Italian, but also your language, so the language of the country where the consulate is located. And for that reason, the interview 
can be in English if we're talking about an Italian consulate in America and and you can speak English for for the whole time during the meeting with the consulate I've got to say some clerks are very proud of being Italian so they want to give you a hard time sometimes you know they're stressed out because of the huge number of people seeking Italian citizenship they meet with people like hundreds of people every month uh, who are all there for the same reason applying for citizenship by descent so it makes it kind of understandable that some clerks are stressed out and sometimes they want to give you a hard time so they speak to you in Italian but um and the thing is that like technically like they can get away with that even though they're not supposed to yeah, but I've never seen like anybody uh, who had like a huge issue with this. No, like, no, no. Like the worst thing that would really happen is that you would that the clerk would be annoyed. Like exactly. that's what happened with me personally. Even um, like I, I asked, "Do you speak English?" Actually, I applied in a country where neither English or Italian were the official languages. So um, they were a little bit annoyed, but like, okay fine, I'll speak English. And their English was absolutely perfect. They just had the personal preference not to. Yeah, and another thing that has to do with this is that the sometimes they appreciate if you speak Italian. So right. there are a lot of applicants who know some Italian, have a basic knowledge and understanding of the Italian. So they, they actually, because they love the language, they want to speak to the clerk in Italian. And I've noticed that Especially when the clerk is not in a good mood, right. they they appreciate very much that you're trying to speak Italian with them, even if it's just a couple of sentences. Yeah, like even if, or even just a few words like grazie. Um, I mean, of course, you never want to walk into a into a consulate and say ciao. Like you would never greet one of the clerks and say ciao. How are you doing? Come stai? Never. That would be almost offensive. Um, but when they know that you have that kind of feeling that you are connected and you're not just doing it just because you can, but because you have an emotional connection with that, that helps them to connect even with you a little bit more, I've found. Um, but of course, also my personal recommendation, even though I, this is this is I'm not a lawyer or anything, having gone through this process, I have a difficult time to say that if you don't speak Italian well, I would say it's better not to conduct the meeting in Italian unless you speak perfectly. That's just my personal opinion, though, because it can get very confusing very quickly with some of the details. And if you are with someone who does speak English, who will be mandated to know how to speak English, it is worthwhile to take advantage of that situation. But that's just my opinion. But moving on um, just a little bit, would you say it would be worthwhile in most cases um, to arrive early? And assuming so, how early would you say would be a good amount of time to arrive before your appointment? Like for any meeting, being there early, it's advisable uh, actually when you get the um, confirmation of your appointment so when you book your appointment on the confirmation email it is indicated that you have to be there half an hour before and that's just because th they want you to wait just in case uh, they can see you 
early to or get through or, security and everything yeah, exactly so it, it's always best to get there half an hour before and because consulates are located in major cities you have also to consider uh, traffic like people who have to go to the Italian consulate in New York City uh, unless you, you use the subway if you are going by car uh, you have to be there early same goes for Los Angeles but for any city because Italian consulates the Italian consulates are located just in major US cities and how is it when you're actually going to the appointment can you bring someone with you I know for instance um, at some American consulates around the world you can only go if you let them know ahead or even some places you can't actually bring someone with you how does it work at an Italian consulate the rule is that you have to go by yourself so they have a list and that technically you are the only one allowed to access the building so you the person who has the appointment a lot of people ask me can my attorney so can you uh, or a team member at Italian Citizenship Assistance accompany me can, can or can you come with me or can you go and, and, and I don't go so you go in my place uh, the, the answer is no there is no uh, way for an attorney to accompany you or, or to an attorney to go in, instead of you so you have to be the one going to your appointment because you are exercising a personal right so it needs to be you right i've even sorry to interrupt but i even heard once from um one uh, clerk at a consulate that i spoke with that they actually also do prefer sometimes for you to go alone i didn't know about the the, the security part of it where you could if you're on the list that that part i didn't know um but what they had told me once is that sometimes they prefer you to go alone because if you are there with someone else, it can almost seem as though you're being coached through it. And they want to know right. you on your own without somebody telling you what to say and how to say it. Right. Definitely. But what about family members? How does that work? So when you book the appointment, the appointment is going to be just for you. So one appointment per person, unless some consulates allow two people to be on the same appointment two family members so mm -hmm. definitely not two friends or, or people who are not related to each other like so a brother you, and a sister exactly people who share the same ancestor so those people if the consulate gives you the ability to go together you can go together and you find that out when you book the appointment so when you secure your citizenship appointment you'll see if it's one of those consulates that allow uh the second person to go along with the first person if that is not the case only one person can go to the appointment which means that if there are other family members who also are going to apply for citizenship those people they have to go to a different appointment which is normally the same day but that depends on the availability so if the two family members are able to secure an appointment the same day then they can go the same day otherwise it's gonna be different days or different weeks uh, the thing is when two family members or more than two family members have an appointment for one day generally unofficially the consulate will let all of those people to be together during the interview because it doesn't make a lot of sense for the consulate to see 
the applicant at 8 a.m. and then the father of the applicant at 9 a.m. and then the sister at... Especially if they're all presenting the same documents. And often sometimes what can be the case is that one person in the family will know their lineage better and their documents better than other members of the family. Exactly. So it, it makes much more sense for the consulate to see all of those people together, even if technically those people are separate applicants and even if technically those people are attending separate appointments. But then what about in the case um, about somebody who has mobility issues? That's something that is unfortunately not too uncommon, that that can be a possibility, um, whether it's somebody who's handicapped at a younger age or an older person who um, has difficulty with walking, for example. Of course, in those cases, um, another person is allowed to accompany the applicant I'd say as long as you let the, the Italian consulate know in advance that there's another person who needs to have access to the building, it will be, of course, uh, just fine. But there is also another exception to the inability of going to the appointment by yourself. I'm sorry, with other people. As probably our audience knows, when you apply for citizenship by descent, if you have living relatives in your Italian line. So if you have a father or a grandfather who is not applying for citizenship, but is alive and in your Italian line, in those cases, those people have to get a statement notarized, which is a document that you need to apply for citizenship by descent. But instead of getting the document notarized, those people can attend the appointment with you so if you have a living ascendant who is not applying for citizenship and who is unable to get this document notarized, that person can go with you, is legally allowed to go with you at the appointment to sign this paper in front of the clerk Saying at the consulate. who they are, what they are to you, that they're fine with you using their documents and so on. Exactly. So in this case the signature of this person is certified by the clerk at the Italian consulate rather than by a U.S. notary. But just also one question to quickly clarify. Is this also currently happening right now, um, like being able to attend appointments and so on, or are things working a little bit differently? Right now, because of the global situation, things are working a little bit differently. So you applicants are not really attending appointments in person for obvious reasons. So the consulate has, instead of canceling the appointments, they have started to take phone interviews with people. So you mail in all your documents before the appointment so that the consulate can review your documents either before your phone interview or during your phone interview. And then instead of having an in-person appointment, you have a phone appointment with the clerk where you discuss about your case, the documents involved. So you don't even have to travel to the consulate anymore. In, in During this current period. Exactly. And of course, this can be very good for people who live far from the Italian consulate in another state, people who would have to uh, travel by plane to have their appointment with the consulate. Uh, uh, do you see this as something that might continue on forward from here? Or do you think that 
once everything kind of gets straightened out, assuming that things do get straightened out, um, that this system will be kept in some way. I'm hoping it will continue like this because it's regardless of the global situation because it's a very good way of proceeding. I mean, it's in 2020, it's pointless to have a meeting in person to assess documents that you can send by mail uh, especially because it's not it's not a test that you're doing it's not a um, some sort of um, exam that you have to pass it's just a review of the documents that prove that you are entitled to Italian citizenship by descent and that can be done through the mail and the interview can easily be done over the phone or Skype or there are other of uh, like dozens of different ways of doing the interview. So I think it's a really good way of proceeding. I would agree. One thing that I know a lot of people are curious about is if they're going to be tested on anything, if they're going to have to answer any kind of questions or prove any kind of knowledge, is that something that could ever come up at one of these meetings? You've kind of already talked about this a little bit, but I think it's important to talk about it a little bit more. A lot of people are concerned that this is going to be a test so that they're going to be asked questions about Italy or, I don't know, the Italian laws or Italian constitution or a cultural test. So we said at the beginning that you don't have to speak Italian, but because you are applying for recognition of your birth status. For the same reason, you don't have to know anything else about the Italian culture or the Italian laws or the Italian constitution. So this is not a test. It's not an exam. You are not, once again, applying for naturalization. So the whole interview is based on the documents that you present. So it's just going to be a review of your documents, which must prove that you qualify for recognition of citizenship. So if there are questions, I mean, questions will be asked, but those questions will be about the documents that you submit. So the clerk may want to ask clarifications about your documents. So who is this person? Is this your uh, grandfather? Or why is the name different on this document rather than the other document? But that's pretty much it. There's not going to be, there aren't going to be like other questions that would involve like the Italian laws or or anything else. So in regards to the meeting itself, I think we've covered most of it other than probably the most important thing, the financial side of things. How does a person go about paying the fees for their, um, for their, uh, for their petition? There is, of course, an application fee that you have to pay to be able to apply for citizenship. That fee is 300 euros payable in US dollars. And the exchange rate, of course, changes. It's like the the, the actual amount in US dollars is updated every three months. So you can just look at the, uh, there's a table, like a chart on the website of your local Italian consulate that you're using with the exact amount that you have to bring. Most consulates will require a money order um, made out to the 
Italian consulate general of, of Italy. Some consulates will accept a cashier's check. Most consulates will not accept a personal check. I'd say probably none of them. And some, in some isolated cases, you will be able to pay in cash. But that used to happen more in the past. Right now, I'd say the uh, most common way to pay for the application is through a money order. Is it ever possible to pay through credit or debit card? Some consulates will allow you to do that, but you have to um, see what the guidelines are and look at the website of the Italian consulate. And considering the current situation now, how is that done? Do you mail that in with your documents? Do you mail it in after your appointment? How does that work? Yeah, generally they want a uh, money order mailed along with your documents. Earlier in the episode, um, I asked you about how long uh, before a person should arrive at their um, at their appointment. But how long will the actual appointment last in general? On average, 30 minutes. Of course, in the case of more complex cases, like cases involving um, discrepancies or, or involving uh, ancestors who changed their names or adoptions or other more complex cases cases in terms of eligibility. In those cases, of course, it can take a little bit longer. I have um, been informed of meetings lasting for like 45 minutes, but like I said, those would be like very complex situations. And is there anything else that you wanted to maybe cover just before we finish up? Yeah, another question that people ask me very often is, um, or, or they are under the impression that they will be able to keep all their documents after the interview, but the thing is the consulate will retain all of the original documents that you take with you during the interview. So if you want to have a copy of those documents, it would be better to just make a photocopy for your own records. But what about in the case that somebody has like um, historic documents or that could be considered historical that are from the early 1900s or late 1800s? How difficult would it be for them to replace those documents if they happen to have them already? The thing is, in most cases, when you apply for citizenship, you will not be able to use any of your original documents that you or your family have had in your possessions for years because in order for those documents, in order for the documents that you use for this process to be legalized, the documents need to be recently issued. So with the exception of one or two cases, all their documents will not work for this process. So you can retain the old documents and you have to get new, like fresh certified copies that you will be using for this process, which the consulate will retain. Exception made for the um, naturalization records. Those documents, especially if they belong to a parent who has them, those documents, you can use the actual original documents, even if they are very old. But for the reason that you just said, the consulate will not retain the naturalization records that you submit in original, but rather they will make a certified photocopy because the consulate has the power to officially certify by the record documents. So during your interview, if you have a like historical document which has legal value, they will 
take it, make a certified copy and give it back to you. Interesting. I've never heard about that before. Um, but anyway, I think we've covered a lot of ground here and this might actually be a good place to finish off this episode. So thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Italian Citizenship Podcast. Of course, if you have any questions for Marco or anybody at italiancitizenshipassistance.com, you can go to italiancitizenshipassistance.com slash contact. Of course, you can also leave a comment down below that we may be able to uh, answer in a future video. And of course, if you would like to see more of these videos about um, Italian citizenship and uh, subjects that have to do around this subject, subjects that have to do around this subject, that works, why not? I'll leave it in there. <laughs> Be sure that you're subscribed to this channel. And of course, also, if you would like to see more content about life in Italy and living in Italy as a dual citizen and as an expat, you can go to my own personal channel, youtube.com slash Rafael Di Furia. And anyway, I think that's about it. So mm -hmm. We'll see you all next time. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll Thank see you all later. Ciao. Bye.